Hello everyone and welcome back to another episode of the PM Diaries. We are your hosts. My name is Paige. And my name is Maddie. Welcome back Night Owls. It's Thursday, December 21st, 2023 and it's a celebratory evening in the Windy City. Um, the reason for that celebration is it's Harper's 11th birthday. Aww. So happy birthday Harper. For those of y'all that don't know, we do have a little sister who is 11 years old on this day mm-hmm. and that's so cute. It is so cute happy birthday harper we love you so much obviously we love that you listen to sisters podcast and we hope you had a great day yes and we can't wait to see you soon yes um uh, but other than it being harper's birthday how was your day today it was a good day today it's also the first official day of winter which is insane to me because i feel like it's been cold for a really long time now definitely um but you know we're not gonna get a white christmas oh really no we're not well i don't know about in ohio because okay. we're actually gonna go home for the holidays home for us is pickerington ohio girl not um, the city go ahead what yeah home for us is pickerington ohio so we're gonna head home this holiday season um so we might get a a white christmas in ohio Ohio. but i guess in chicago it's not going to be snowing which surprised me remember earlier on the diaries we were like i want a white christmas and we were placing Mm -hmm. bets damn i'm salty i know because it was a white it was a white halloween exactly it's funny how that works out and was it a white thanksgiving i can't remember i can't remember if it was a white thanksgiving i don't think it was a white thanksgiving because i vividly remember like running around doing errands and there not being snow i do remember that it was cold but my day was good. I'm a little tired today. Yeah, same. I think I'm just facing those like midweek blues. Today was Thursday and I was walking around saying happy Wednesday, happy Wednesday. Oh, and Lord. I was like, oh shit, I'm really out of it. Mm-hmm. But how was your day? My day was okay. <laughs> like literally I told you I was so tired. I feel like I was sleepwalking this morning. Yes. I'm not even lying. Like this, the stuff I was doing, I put on the complete wrong shoes. Child, it was a mess. Um, I had a pretty good day today. I was in my Jimmy Neutron era. Today. Oh God, not the. Do Jimmy. you know what I mean by that? Um, I'm gonna assume it was something with your hair. Yes. Okay. So like I'm, you know how I told you like the other day, like you just did a relaxer on your hair, mm-hmm. but I have not done a relaxer on my hair in God knows how long. It's been way too long. Yeah. And so I've been wearing these baseball hats every single day. Number one, I like baseball hats, but number two, it's like a hat covers a multitude of sins. So like, why not put it on? Literally, girl, that hat was struggling, Mama. Oh, it God. was struggling to stay on my head. I said I'm in my little Jimmy Neutron era. This hat looks fucking tiny up on on top of this bush. Well, you know, it's funny. It wouldn't be the first time that we're in our Jimmy Neutron era, but it's a little bit embarrassing because like, obviously we don't want to go back to the worst we've ever looked, which was the helmet hair era, bitch. (laughs) We don't need that. But it's funny that you say like hats hide a multitude of sins Mm -hmm. because one of my favorite things about the winter months is I could look like complete dog shit. As long as I have a long ass coat that goes down to my kneecaps. Yep. Like who gives a shit if my pants won't go up over my ass? Mm-hmm. Who cares what my shirt looks like if there's stains on it? If all I'm doing is literally walking from my fucking apartment downstairs to get DoorDash or if I'm walking from my apartment to the car, mm-hmm. if I have to run into the grocery store real quick, nobody gives a shit because no. my coat hides a multitude of sins. Even in uh, the COVID era when yes. we had the masks you had the hat then you put the mask on then you put a coat on bitch then you put some tall uggs on Mm -hmm. you don't have to do shit and then if you throw some sunglasses on baby it's a full disguise it's a full disguise there's like beauty in being able to camouflage things and see that's why i get when i see celebrities walking around in the big ass sunglasses that Mm -hmm. are shields basically and the scarf and the hat 
I get it. Yeah. I get it. I get it. One thing, though, that I've been thinking about more recently, it's the most random hill. But I was literally thinking about, like, the question that people ask when you're young. Like, what do you want to be when you grow up? Mm-hmm. And I want people to stop asking that. Okay, tell me why. It's the most random hill, but it's like I think the bravest thing to be, and I was talking to my therapist about this, the bravest thing that you can be when you grow up is to be yourself. It's like asking somebody what you want to be when you grow up. Even if I grew up and I was a doctor or I was a lawyer, that's not what I am. That's what I do. Mm-hmm. Like there should be differentiation between differentiation. What is the Differentiant. word? There, you should differentiation between like what you want to be and what you want to do. Like yeah. I want to be a good person. I want to be happy. I want to to be myself Mm -hmm. and I think there should be differentiation with that that's the shit I think about though yeah that's a really philosophical approach and I don't hate it um because (laughs) I think it's important to think about both because I think at just like remember we went to J.A. Biztown now this is a throwback throwback. so the people that grew up with us probably remember this but one of the field trips that we had I think it was sixth grade or fifth grade or fourth grade one of them child yeah we had to go to this place called J.A. Biztown can I explain what that is sure go ahead so the popular learning experience this is the according to junior achievement biz town is what ja biz town stands for um but it says this popular learning experience allows elementary school students to operate banks manage restaurants write checks and vote for mayor so it just gives you real life real world experience like actually i don't know connecting the dots it says connecting the dots between what they learn in school and what they'll see in the real world but continue yeah so she just put it in a synopsis for everyone but when we went it was really fun so i do think it's like good for kids to think about and see Mm -hmm. okay there's a ton of professions because you know some people grow up and it's like okay i only saw my parents do this what else is out there yeah i think in the day of technology that's less and less because you get to see people with a bunch of jobs Mm -hmm. i think it's important to also think about what you want to do but i do think thinking about what you want to do ends up putting which who you want to be yeah. on the back burner because what do you want to be and who do you want to be or how do you want to be are also different, different questions things. i know and that's the thing i'm saying it's like i just don't think we should be conflating or what is it construing or con, con connecting like it's the day of page trying to think it's of me big trying words. to think of girl big go words. go go basic you know when i'm not remembering when i'm tired i can't think of the words that i'm trying to say Clearly. but it's like why are we conflating what you want to be when you grow up with what you want to do? Yeah. It's different because you are not what you do. Like you are not your profession no, at not. all. Mm-mm. And I think the trouble that people get into is like, Oh, like finding worth or finding their self-worth and what they do. And yeah. that's just, it's just a thing for me. And I just noticed it like when I was scrolling on LinkedIn and stuff like that. So it's just something I noticed. Yeah. No, but. it's, it's a good point. And I think we should be emphasizing just as much. What do you, who do you want to be? Mm-hmm. And what, like, what kind of characteristics do you want to have? Because at the end of the day, kids might not know this, honey, but they want to be happy. Yes. You want to be happy. You want to be peaceful. You want to be co- comfortable, like mm-hmm. all of those things. So you know that's yes. that's definitely a hot take coming in hot from the pm diaries um there has been so much going on as of late i did want to start off with maybe get the sad news out of the way and then we can move into some more fun news mm-hmm. a few weeks ago i think it was at this time Derek huff kind of announced that his wife Haley, who's also a professional in dancing with the stars had suffered a medical event mm-hmm. um so De- Derek did post an update last night on instagram it's not sad news it's actually hopeful news yeah but she did go uh she had a successful cranioplasty surgery and she was seen walking in the video oh, um wow. 
I know. Was she walking in the cranioplasty video? Uh, the one that Derek posted. Yeah. When did she? When did he post the walking? I'm one? pretty sure last night. Okay, maybe she was walking in the cranioplasty one. But I did see a picture of her walking, mm-hmm. which was I was really happy for those of y'all who don't know. Haley Herbert is his wife. She's also a professional dancer. I want to say they met through Dancing with the Stars because she was a part of the troupe. Mm-hmm. She was never one of the pros though. But I think it's just so scary because literally we just watched the Dancing with the Stars finale, finale. Um, and. Then when I was like researching, like <laughs> Clooney is going crazy. But when <laughs> when I was researching craniectomies or whatever, like it stems from somewhat of a head injury or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't know if you remember this, but they were in that car accident or something like that, which I think might have been what might have caused this. Are I we don't sure? know. Let's yes. not speculate. I'm that. not speculating. Okay. I looked it up. Okay. And remember, they had that accident. It was a big deal. Derek and Haley were in that accident together, and she was posting uh, pictures, and she had, like, something had happened to her head and her face. Oh, no. Yes. I, when did this happen? This was 2023? I, I don't know if it was this year or if it was last year, but it was really recent. Look it up. Okay. Look it up. I'm dealing with the dog, child. Okay. But I know. So, basically, I said all that to say um, we're wishing Haley well. We're wishing Derek well. And I know that is extremely scary. So, prayers to the family, but another thing that I saw on Twitter that has been keeping me fed, honey, the girls are really excited for Gypsy Rose Blanchard uh, because she is set to be released from prison in a week. Shut up. Um, so for those of y'all who aren't familiar with Gypsy Rose, she kind of became a household name, especially after the Hulu special mm-hmm. that kind of chronicled her life. But Gypsy is now 32 years old. She was sentenced to 10 years in prison. She's yeah. set to be released this year, meaning she served seven years. Um, after convincing her online boyfriend to kill her mom, Dee Dee Blanchard, in 2015. So you might be asking yourself, why did she want to kill her? Well, Dee Dee suffered from what medical professionals have identified as Munchausen by proxy, which is a mental illness and a form of child abuse. Um, Whereas the caretaker of a child, most often the mother, either makes up fake symptoms or causes real symptoms to make it look like the child is sick. And for those of y'all that probably have heard of Munchausen syndrome, the reason you've probably heard about it is because Lisa Renna, she kind of accused. (laughs) She did accuse. She accused Yolanda Hadid of having Munchausen syndrome on Mm -hmm. one of the seasons of Beverly Hills Housewives. So this is it in full effect. Paige mentioned mentioned the Hulu special. Y'all haven't seen shit until you've seen the Dr. Phil videos on YouTube about Gypsy Rose Blanchard and... Her mom. What's her mom's name? Dee Dee. I think it really captivated us and it took the nation by storm hearing this. I mean, she kind of put her daughter through hell. Mm -hmm. She had her teeth removed or actually her teeth rotted because she put her under a surgery that removed all her salivary glands. Yeah. And she was saying that her daughter was sick and that's why she was bald, but she was actually shaving Gypsy's head. She was preventing her from meeting friends, leaving the house, having her undergo a bunch of medical treatments and things. But my my question is because I know that we've asked this before I'm sure how did the medical professionals not call cap on this shit I, you know I don't know I don't know I think that's a good question but it's also there's so many diseases that people suffer silently and there's mm-hmm. so many 
things that you can't put a diagnosis on. So maybe they were just assuming the best. I know, but what I'm saying is like if you're doing a test on somebody, if you're doing blood work, which I'm assuming they were doing a ton of blood work to try to figure out what's wrong with Gypsy, and I know you get this, but if her levels are coming back normal, I'm just trying to figure out how the mother got like how was it that Gypsy figured out that her mom was making her sick and before the doctors did? I don't know, child, but it doesn't surprise me. That's because, crazy. Because they do have to assume the best. They mm-hmm. have to assume that someone is being honest even if it's not like they were like saying the levels or whatever but if they're saying oh she can't swallow her food Mm -hmm. and gypsy's like a kid so she's just like okay well i guess i can't swallow my food and she sits there with a food in her mouth yeah then of course they're gonna be like okay she can't swallow her food i guess it's a, a medical mystery yeah um my question to you is we've seen recently a lot of people get out of jail and like I want to know, what do you think her next move is? Do you think there's going to be a tell-all? Do you think, what what do you think is coming? I think Gypsy Rose has a pretty bright career ahead of her. I, just from what I've seen on social media, I wouldn't be described if I saw a documentary, if I saw. You said I wouldn't be described. (laughs) Girl, (laughs) I'm losing it. I wouldn't be surprised if we saw a documentary, if we saw a sit down with Oprah, a tell all. And honestly, I think Gypsy's going to write a book. What I will say is I'm really, really interested to hear Gypsy's story, mm-hmm. especially now with her being a 32 year old woman. She's no longer under. <laughs> she's no longer under her mother's thumb. Yeah, I'm sure she's done a lot of self exploration and growth in prison because in prison she was actually allowed to read books, and I think they said her mom didn't even let her read. Of course, so because that's how you get educated. Exactly. So I think I'm excited to see this for her. But I don't know if you saw it, but TMZ reported that one of the first things that she's set to do once she's released from prison in a week, she bought tickets to the Kansas City Chiefs football game, is going to the game in hopes of meeting Taylor Swift. Shut so her first thing that she does out of prison might be meet Taylor, Taylor Swift, Swift, which would be fucking dope. Now that is camp. It's camp. That kind of puts me in the mindset, though. Like, I know we already talked about it on the diaries, but like Z-Way asking mm-hmm. George Santos about Nicki Minaj and him calling her a queen and rapping the lyrics. Now you have Gypsy Rose Blanchard wanting to meet Taylor Swift going to this game. Yeah. That's why celebrities have to toe the line. Yeah. Because you never know who's a part of your fan base and who's in support of you. I know. And isn't that weird? And like, what if Taylor Swift had come out talking hella shit about Gypsy Rose saying like, I don't believe you whatever and then this girl is like literally obsessed with her but i do think if if someone in taylor's camp heard this they're gonna avoid a picture at all costs really why yes page because this is very controversial okay this why is, is it controversial because she had her mom killed she did like, but her mom was literally torturing her over years right. and years of time and, and it's been proven and you're right but it's controversial i would say that you too. know it's kind of yeah. like what was what were we watching it was ariana maddox who didn't want to be in a f- picture with megan mccain we reported on yeah. that earlier this year in the diaries it's like sure okay yeah we might kiki and stuff and i might not come out against you but like i don't want to be in a picture with you yeah. now i'm not saying i would do that i don't know what i would do in that situation but i wouldn't be surprised if someone in her camp is aware of this and is yeah. going to prevent that picture at all costs i will number one baby gypsy a ticket's not enough baby you have to get up to the box okay then you get have past to get security. security and then we'll go from there but i think it's just a picture where's the harm in that um it's not necessarily taylor endorsing what gypsy's done um but I don't know. I just think, I don't no, know. I think it would, be, t- it would be a crossover that we wouldn't be expecting. No, it'd definitely be an unexpected crossover, but pictures do get people canceled, honey. They so. do. You're right. I, I don't even know nowadays. You got to navigate so many 
freaking you know you have to tell the line like you said but we also watched the season finale of the mass singer um which premiered last night and neo was actually unmasked as the cow and given the golden mass trophy after winning season 10 were you that, surprised oh my god i was so surprised i was convinced it was billy porter yes. for those of y'all that don't know Paige and i do enjoy the mass singer so we watch religiously kind of we only yes. miss episodes here and there but the cow had completely now now knowing that the cow was neo mm -hmm. neo transfer for like transformed everything he did the mannerisms of neo were different mm -hmm. the voice was different the responses were different every fucking thing was different yeah and his talent was on display every single week it was what on was full the, display what was the song he sang that we were like up dancing to um that's a good question you asked me really quickly last night i know he sang rhythm nation by janet jackson he also sang a rihanna song but he has sang some classic Mm -hmm. I think the song that we were up really enjoying too was either during Rock Week or Elton John Week. Yeah. Um, but Neo, like uh, to have a talent like Neo secured for the mass singer, I just think this solidifies like the mass singer's success and like the camp of it all. Mm -hmm. I just feel like how the fuck like and then the other finalists that were unmasked. So John Schneider was unmasked as the donut. And then Janelle Parrish from Pretty Little Liars was unmasked as the gazelle i believe janelle is she okay she's fine i believe janelle played a in the pretty little liars um and then macy gray was <laughs> was unmasked as the sea queen so we saw some big names this season we did i didn't know who the gazelle was i didn't know it was janelle Parrish. Yeah. i was completely off for that i thought yeah. it was hillary duff same but you mentioned the fact that the mass singer was able to secure neo mm -hmm. for those of y'all that don't watch the show there's a lot of the times where these bigger celebrities will only be on there for a certain amount of episodes and then they'll leave the fact that neo stayed the whole time is insane it's fucking insane but i mean his talent was on full display he was fucking amazing i totally thought it was billy porter i mean i was even gonna suggest like maybe even a todrick hall but we've seen him on the show before exactly i thought leslie odom jr i wasn't sure but it was neo yeah and we did see todrick hall bring the house down with a rendition of drops of jupiter that was cut. yes we did um, but it was but another yeah. great season of the mass singer um, and then I don't know if you saw this as well, but Ryan Gosling released Ken the EP, mm -hmm. which featured three new versions of the Barbie classic. I'm just Ken. And it was so cute. He released it in partnership with Mark Ronson. Wow. Um, so there were three new versions. I know where Mark Ronson's from. What? I think he's did a lot of work with Bruno Mars. He does. Okay. He did a lot of work with Bruno Mars. He's worked with Dua Lipa. He's worked with um, Amy Winehouse. He's he's solidified himself as an icon. And he also did all the music, I believe, for the Barbie soundtrack. Like, he wow. was the, the producer. So extremely successful. But they released the holiday version, which was Merry Christmas Barbie, and acoustic version titled In My Feelings Acoustic, and then a dance version titled purple disco machine cover what i will say is ryan gosling is a fucking singer yeah who would have known it's so good i think it just reminds you that there's so much and not i won't even say undiscovered talent but mm -hmm. there's so many people that find success in one arena and then all the other arenas are their kind of passion projects are fun yeah you know it goes back to the old adage of being like a triple threat mm -hmm. and there's so much fucking talent and like, he, he's really good he literally is a triple threat because i don't know if you remember him but he was also on was it the mickey mouse club with selena gomez and britney spears and everybody up there dancing oh so I don't he's think a dancer he, he's too. a dancer too he's wow. literally a triple threat so i guess why am i surprised that he's singing now exactly. i don't know if it was mickey mouse club though 
But he was fully up there dancing and doing his thing with Britney Spears when really? they were and Justin Timberlake when they were really young. Wow. Like up there going hard. I did listen to the holiday version of Merry Christmas Barbie. It was so cute. Yeah. The timing was perfect. You released it right around Christmas. Mm-hmm. Like the cute little video with the vintage Christmas vibe. I loved it. I think that's like one of the most exciting things too. This is like random, but it is exciting. Can you imagine like that's your job? Mm-hmm. Like and not even just like, oh, I get to make a song, I get to do this. But literally being involved in all of these cool ass projects seeing them from start to finish yeah and it's just whatever you want like i feel like that's the definition of being a creative that's yeah. the definition of creativity and i'm here for it i love and it it re- touches back to what you said at the beginning of the podcast about what do you want to be or who do you want to be mm-hmm. it's like that that is the stuff that brings people joy and i think we should all tap into that a little bit exactly. more exactly that's creativity really having fun not taking yourself too seriously they did their big one and i'm excited to listen to the other renditions yes so without further ado should we get into the bedtime stories let's get into the bedtime stories so story one taraji p henson recalls firing entire team who failed to capitalize on the popularity of empire character cookie um for those of y'all that tuned in yesterday we did report on taraji yesterday as well so this is a continuation girl this press tour has been baby revealing revealing so let's get into it Taraji P. Henson revealed that she fired her entire team after they failed to capitalize on the huge popularity of her empire character Cookie Lion in a chat for the SAG after a foundation the actress was asked what the best acting business decision she's made in her career was her response firing everybody after Cookie Everybody had to fucking go. Where is my deal? Where is my commercial? Cookie was the top of the fashion game. Where is my endorsement? What did you have set up for after this? Henson's portrayal of Cookie instantly became a fan favorite thanks to her attitude and fashion. Henson had a hand in the development of the character, but the the actress believes she hasn't seen the benefits of Cookie's popularity following the conclusion of Empire in 2020, or excuse me, in 2020. That's why y'all haven't seen me in so long. (laughs) This is not funny, by the way. That's why y'all hadn't seen me in so long. They had nothing set up, she said. All they wanted was another cookie show. And I said, I'll do it, but it has to be right. She's too beloved for y'all to fuck it up. And so when they didn't get it right, I was like, well, that's it. And they had nothing else. You're all fucking fired. When Empire ended, it was announced that Henson was developing a cookie-led spinoff with the show's co-creators, Lee Daniels and Danny Strong. Ultimately, Fox decided to stop development on the project. Wow. Like you touched on before we started the article, Taraji has been extremely candid in her more recent press junket that she's done, that she's doing right now actively for the color purple. Um, to me, I do think that it was an injustice. You it know is how an many injustice. opportunities that she had? And like, she will forever and always be Cookie Lions, but we saw the downfall of Empire. I don't even want to say the downfall. It was the downfall. But honey. the show lost its popularity. We had the whole situation with um, Jesse Smollett. I think we had some concerns as well For over. Sure. Uh, yeah, Brashear Gray. We had some concerns as well about where the show was going to go. There were some concerns about the storylines that weren't making sense and mm-hmm. adding up and the cameos that were just cameos at that point. And she, uh, their, her team did miss their opportunity. And oh, she had, did 100%. She had every right to fire them. She did. And I, I think that's why I was laughing because I actually watched the video. And it, when, when I tell you she had so much passion in her voice when she said, you're all fucking fired. Like, mm-hmm. she's hurt. But the thing is, too, and this goes back to who you have working for you and who Mm -hmm. you have surrounding you you have got to hold 
everybody to the motherfucking fire. This is your business. And it's not about toxic. It's not about being mean to people. You don't need to be nasty. Who is going to work hard? Who wants to see you win? And then it's also about who knows the industry. Immediately when she talked about being a fashion icon, my mind went straight to Carrie Washington and the character that she played with Olivia Pope, Mm -hmm. which for a while there, those characters were dominating network television. Yeah. Um, So I I do think that there were a lot of missed opportunities there. And it's like, yeah, you can blame the team. But and this is no this is no shade to Taraji because she took the action that she needed to take. It's also like no one is going to work as hard for you as you're going to work for yourself. I don't care how big you get. Mm -hmm. And how do you get the best out of your team? And the project management master's degree is jumping out here just with like leading with empathy and being a people leader. Like, how do you get that out of your team how do you get your team to want to work for you as hard as you work for yourself yeah like that's something that if you're going to go into the industry you have to think about and i'm not saying taraji didn't think about this i'm just saying for people coming up that maybe don't want that to happen to them yeah you have to hold your team to the fire i agree and i think it's also like you said it kind of goes down comes down to having those wealth resources or excuse me not wealth resources having the knowledgeable people on your team that know the industry that can think from themselves from a to Z and don't need you to handhold mm-hmm. the fact that she didn't have a cookie endorsement crazy a cookie endorsement she didn't have a fashion endorsement not even a Versace or whatever mm-hmm. like it just it makes no sense when you look at it yeah. and I do think that it's something that Taraji could have potentially course corrected I mean Empire was on for several seasons mm-hmm. um, it was kind of like lightning in a bottle extremely successful at the beginning like and maybe those are things that she could have identified even to her team like yeah. hey these are things that I want to see these are things that I want to do like sometimes it does come down to voicing for yourself now Taraji P. Henson has been in the game for a long time and I'm sure she has figured out how to advocate for herself Mm -hmm. so maybe there are things behind the scenes that we weren't like, tracking too you know what i mean like maybe they got her in a bad contract yep like where it was like a non-compete or maybe yep. the likeness of cookie she didn't secure like that she was able to use that likeness mm-hmm. or whatever i don't or know or it could have been like she was so busy filming that she didn't have the time you need someone that is going to be your eyes and your motherfucking ears, ears. that is the most important thing you can have yeah because once again these things they slip through the cracks you're right where was the cookie deal chips mm-hmm. ahoy where was it where like was it? come on it doesn't it doesn't necessarily necessarily mean that like you have to be tied to it it doesn't mean that you fucking love it but it's money and and it's about getting after a bag yeah and for a while there we saw a whole bunch of like the moments from empire going viral like i don't know i do think that there was a miss here and i do feel bad that it seems to be somewhat of a regret for her because i would feel that same way so i'm even learning from this story definitely there's one more thing that i want to add here do you remember i think it was deshaun watson i think that's how i say his name Mm -hmm. i think Deshaun Watson. Deshaun Watson. He was on uh, Legendary. He was the host of Legendary that came on HBO, I think. Okay. You remember the podcast he did with Honey Balenciaga? Yes, I do. Where they were kind of discussing why there was jealousy around Honey's uh, position in the industry compared Mm -hmm. to some of her peers. And Honey kept saying, I have a team. I have a team. I have a team that knows. I have a team that gets me this. I have a team that understands the industry. I have a team that secures this stuff for me. Yeah. Immediately my mind went to that. Yeah. You are your team. Literally. Period. If you are paying these motherfuckers, they better be working hard for you. And they they have to have that buy-in and they have to love you. They have to adore you. 
And like, it's so important. Yeah. So I just, my mind went straight to that oh, podcast yeah. interview. You are who you surround yourself with. And yes, it's important that it, the relationship is mutually beneficial, or at least they are looking out for you with the best in mind. Can't always hire your friends and family. I'm nope. just saying, because nope. I mean, I would hate to be constantly fighting with my family. I mean, we've kind of seen this working on the podcast. Maddie and I have learned that we have, is it different work styles, Um, different communication styles, different communication styles, different work styles. Maybe. I don't know if it's different work styles. (laughs) I was literally like, oh my God, Maddie, like I haven't worked with you in so long. I don't know if I, I, if I could work with you. Mm -hmm. Like I'm a little bit obsessive. I think I'm kind of a fixer in a sense of like, I don't know. I'm, I'm always thinking about like how we can fix things, but it's just funny to like see how that manifests. Oh, itself. it's hilarious. Cause we're identical. We are, but then we're not. And the people that know <laughs> us know there are so many differences between us. Literally. It's scary. Yes. Cause I like being the same as you. I know. Okay. Moving on. So Rihanna reveals that her Super Bowl pregnancy announcement wasn't planned and it had to be what it had to be. So Rihanna's Super Bowl pregnancy reveal may not have been exactly as it seemed while speaking with Access Hollywood about her partnership with Puma. The singer opened up about her iconic Super Bowl halftime show in 2023, during which she announced her second pregnancy with partner ASAP Rocky. Saying, quote, here's the thing. I did what I had to do, right? My jumper couldn't zip up, she said with a laugh. No one knew I was pregnant. I just told my stylist to make sure it's stretchy. So the undergarment was stretchy, and this was baggy. But, you know, the zip, it just stopped right there. So it had to be what it had to be. The Umbrella singer played up the big pregnancy reveal in the opening moments of her February performance, rubbing her stomach and leaving the zipper of her outfit. Um, a jumpsuit layered over a close-fitting bodysuit and sculpted bandeau down to reveal her belly. Wow. I know. And Isn't you, it funny when you find the behind-the-scenes out? It's hilarious. And it's also funny, too, because it's kind of like divine intervention in a sense. Mm-hmm. Like, obviously, Rihanna wasn't planning to reveal her pregnancy from what was revealed um, in this uh, story. But the crazy thing is, is that Rihanna... Um, I actually broke Guinness World Records with this story. I'm sorry, I was reading the story. Rihanna actually broke records with this pregnancy, with this Super Bowl performance, just from people speculating that she was pregnant. pregnant. She surpassed Katy Perry, um, her 2015 halftime show, um, at having 118.7 million viewers, so which she took had the Guinness bro- World Record. Wow, for the most viewed uh, halftime story. Sorry, wow. I was trying halftime to read the show? story. Yeah. Wow, that's so interesting. So the speculation, the buzz around, oh my God, is Rihanna expecting? Because I remember the night everyone was on Twitter. We were like, no, she just had a baby. Like it's it's baby weight. Just Mm -hmm. leave her alone. Yeah. And 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 she came out later after the show and was like, no, I'm actually pregnant. She was actually pregnant. She literally has the most watched halftime show of all time because of the buzz that this set on social media. Mm -hmm. And I think it just goes to show that like sometimes letting go. Um, not always letting things be perfect. <laughs> Why are you, you laughing? You sound like Dorit for some reason. Go ahead. Oh my God. Earlier this week, I sound like Meredith and now I sound like Dorit. Mm-hmm. I can't. I think letting, there's beauty in just like letting go and yeah. like sometimes not being able to control everything is maybe the path that's like meant for you. It takes me to that let go and let God tattoo that Literally. like was on Jersey Shore because you're right. It's like you have to take the power out of some of these things. You can't control everything. Um, but Rihanna has been making so much buzz kind of with this press junket that she's on. I think she was promoting the new Fenty Puma 
of shoes that yes. she yeah. had. So she's been doing a lot of press. And it, it this is like a tangent, but in one of the interviews that she did, like I think it was Scotty from E News. You know Scotty. Yeah, of course. He was like hey um so can you tell me something you're not good at and she was like apparently having girls and mm-hmm. all this stuff yeah um so i've been loving the rihanna content that we've been getting me as too. of late yeah. she's so cute and it's just so funny that this was not planned i know it's not planned but then honey. when you think back on it maybe it was obvious it wasn't planned because if you would think if it was planned it would be some love on top moment where like yeah. there's a big reveal and you exactly know. and there kind of wasn't a reveal It was almost like it was a reveal but she wasn't a drawing attention to it yeah to me though i think that the thing that would have given away the most is the outfit didn't look ill-fitting like it didn't look like the zipper didn't zip it very much looked intentional Mm -hmm. because it was styled well so i think that's maybe where like some people were saying oh like it was an announcement when really it was kind of like not really an announcement but an announcement exactly well anytime i get to hear about rihanna i'm excited i know hopefully we get to see her with a daughter i'm just excited to see the name that she's gonna pick i know um before we get into our next story we would just like to give a quick trigger warning um our next story will discuss topics related to both physical and emotional child abuse um so if you're uncomfortable with those topics please feel free to fast forward through this story uh, so next story, new details emerge as YouTuber Ruby Frankie pleads guilty to child abuse and agrees to testify against her therapist, Jody Hildebrand. A Utah mother of six who, go- who gave parenting advice on YouTube pleaded guilty Monday to child abuse charges and will go to prison for trying to convince her two youngest children they were evil, possessed, and needed to be punished to repent. Ruby Frankie was originally charged with six counts of child abuse in September, and two counts were dropped under the plea deal. Frankie stood shackled in gray and white jail clothing as she closed her eyes and took a deep breath before pleading guilty to each of her first three charges. On the fourth, she fought back some emotion before saying, with my deepest regret and sorrow for my family and my children, guilty. Under the plea agreement, Frankie agreed to serve a prison term and the sentences will run consecutively. In the plea agreement, which contains graphic details of the abuse, Frankie admits that she tortured her now 12-year-old son from May 22nd through August 30th by forcing him into hours of physical tasks such as wall sits and carrying boxes full of books up and down the stairs, summer work outdoors without adequate water, and quote, repeated and serious sunburns that blistered. He was denied food or given very very plain meals, punished when he secretly drank water and he was isolated from other people without access to books, notebooks, or electronics. After he tried to run away in July, his hands and feet were regularly bound, sometimes with handcuffs. At times, ropes were used to tie together handcuffs that secured his hands and feet as he lay on his stomach, lifting his arms and legs off the ground and injuring his wrists and ankles, the plea agreement said. When the handcuffs cut into his skin and injured his hands and wrists, those injuries were treated with homeopathic remedies and covered with duct tape, and the bindings were replaced on top of the duct tape, according to the agreement. Frankie also admitted to kicking her son while wearing boots holding his head underwater and smothering his mouth and nose with her hands according to the plea agreement and this reporting is from cbs news (sighs) this is terrible yeah so we did i'm sure we were all aware of the fallout that kind of came when this news was revealed to the public about ruby frankie Mm -hmm. it puts me in the mindset of a documentary that was put on netflix i I can't think of the name right now but it kind of detailed child abuse Mm -hmm. i think it was gabriel or I think the baby's name was Gabriel. 
Ruby Frankie and like she deserves to get her ass kicked in jail. Yeah. And I don't think those people are going to show her any mercy in there because if you're a child abuser, you mm-hmm. walk around with that tag on you yeah. about that and they're going to kick her ass in jail. Yeah. And for those of y'all who didn't know, uh Ruby Frankie, it did talk about it on the story, but she had a very popular YouTube channel called Eight Passengers. Mm-hmm. I mean, this girl was getting views and yep. she had tons thousands and thousands of subscribers, which is just concerning to me in the sense of like you could tell something was wrong with this bitch and the fact that she was getting as much support as she was is just concerning now i know more recently uh just with like all the discovery and things that they've been doing in court you could see like people had been reporting her to the police um her children were trying to escape several times i watched a documentary on i think abc news did it like people from ruby's family would send their kids that they felt like weren't behaving well to ruby and i'm like where was the concern like sometimes like you think kids are just obedient because the parent just knows so much like that's not true she literally abusing these kids Mm -hmm. and it put me in the mindset of uh louise turpin the one who had all those kids and it's just amazing to me the fact that she was able to get as much buy-in as what she was well you know and kind of that doesn't surprise me and i have to be honest and i think this is like a disclaimer and it's a good reminder and like everyone should remember this no one is above remembering this these people that you love on the internet you don't know them Mm -hmm. you don't know them people that you see in person you don't know what goes on behind closed doors you might have a favorite teacher you might have a favorite boss you might have a favorite pastor you do not know what they do behind closed doors and you always have to reserve that area for like concern and judgment you can't Mm -hmm. just take someone at their word for everything yeah and you know people have fallen into this trap i mean years after years that's Mm -hmm. why there's always a fallout when people get canceled and it's like oh i never thought they would do that no because you don't fucking know them and that's just the facts yeah it's the facts um one of the things that was interesting to me part of ruby frankie's plea agreement i don't think i detailed it um in our snippet but it was in the story a part of her plea deal is that she's agreeing to testify against Jody Hildebrandt Um, a lot of what they're claiming a lot of what Ruby Frankie and her attorneys are claiming is that Jody was being mentored or excuse me that Ruby was being mentored by Jody Mm -hmm. Um, they're trying to paint her out to be someone who was manipulated by Jody Hildebrandt's teachings which was interesting to me because uh, earlier this year you and I watched a documentary together uh, where Ruby Frankie's husband came out and said like or not Ruby Frankie's husband it was her other people who were involved with Jody Hildebrandt came out and said this woman's teachings ended my marriage this woman's teaching ruined my relationships with my kids and a, a part of it is like to me you were a grown woman mm-hmm. like we they we, they always love I understand that you can be manipulated I understand that you can be easily manipulated I understand that because people are liars like I get that and maybe when you're on like desperate times or you are literally on the doorstep like trying to figure out what you can do to like help your kids behave save your marriage like maybe you're just at a vulnerable state but I don't get how all of a sudden you can't recognize when something is child abuse exactly to me it's like you being manipulated into doing a having a conversation with your husband that you shouldn't have had and it got Mm -hmm. into a big fight and the marriage ended or you being manipulated into thinking that I don't know maybe you let's say for instance you're having marital issues someone suggests you guys sleep in different houses and don't Mm -hmm. talk during these hours of the day to me okay that's manipulation you are a grown ass motherfucking woman you're not gonna you you have your son 
and you don't allow him to drink water you bind his fucking feet you make him do physical activities you do re- put him in repeated positions to get sunburns and you want to look at me and tell me you were manipulated bitch yeah. get the fuck out of here like seriously at some point at some point the buck stops with you yeah if you would do that to your own kids bitch you're yeah. sick I'm just it's tr- not just you got manipulated like that's a cop out to me yeah I think I'm just trying to understand kind of like what you said like you you don't want to give them basic medical treatment exactly. because Jody Hildebrandt told you not to and like you're going to make him work like a dog because Jody Hildebrandt told you to you're going to deny him medical treatment because Jody told you to like exactly. that is a fucking reach it was interesting though that a part of the plea agreement from the from the government or whoever's prosecuting her was for her to flip on Jody Hildebrandt Jody Hildebrandt might be the bigger fish in this case just because of the pain that was she has been claimed to have inflicted on more families than just the Frankie family. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm, I do feel like justice was served for her children and yeah. our synopsis. We only really touched on what she did to her 12 year old son. Um, in the article, it also detailed what she did to her daughter, her young yeah. daughter, her other kids don't even fucking talk to her anymore. Mm-hmm. And then her family, like her cousins and fucking nieces and nephews that had to come stay at her house. They don't like her either. So of she has not. inflicted pain on more than just her own children mm-hmm. and permanently damaged their lives. They're going to be in therapy forever for exactly. this. Exactly. And hopefully they could afford the resources to mm-hmm. take care of their mental health. Because if you remember, you you mentioned the Turpin family. Mm-hmm. Those kids didn't get the resources that they needed to recover from the abuse that they suffered. And then on top of that, they suffered additional abuse when they got placed at the fucking foster home. Exactly. So there's a lot of fucked up shit going on. At the end of the day, as a mother or a parent, you are there to protect your kids. Mm-hmm. And if you fail to do that, you send them to the wolves. My fucking heart is is out to these kids. I hope that they have a better experience than the Turpin kids did. Mm-hmm. I hope that they're able to afford all the resources that they need on this healing journey that's going to take their whole life. Yeah. And Ruby Frankie is going to get her ass kicked in jail. I just really hope as well that the, the kids are able to find peace too. Um, obviously, like they released the 911 call as well and that was just extremely emotional and just the neighbors were torn up. I mean, this has just impacted yeah. an entire community. It has. Um, if you or someone, you know, is suffering from abuse, please know that there is help. Please call the national center for missing or exploited children. It's 800-843-5678. And that information will be in uh, the PM diaries description. So moving on. Alrighty, story four in much lighter news. Mm-hmm. Um, the PM Diaries reports TikToker says her man will never see her in a bonnet. A TikToker by the name of Tout Sir Cindy declared that her man will never see her in a bonnet. In a video she posted to the app, she explained her unpopular opinion, as she called it. Cindy said, I don't know about y'all, but my man will never see me in a bonnet. I'll wait until he falls asleep for me to put my bonnet on, and I'll wake up before he even thinks about waking up, and I'll remove my bonnet, brush my teeth, put on some perfume, wash my kitty cat, and wait for him to wake up. Hey, babe, I just woke up like that. Yep, that's me. That's when he's gonna that's what he's gonna get for the rest of his life. So this video has garnered mixed reactions online with mm-hmm. some people saying, Girl, I a hundred percent approve this message and other people saying nobody has time for that. Yeah. What are your thoughts? 
honestly, I feel like I'm kind of in the middle because what? I think it comes down to what makes you feel confident. You're right. But what are your personal thoughts? Is this my something personal you would do? thoughts? I don't really. I mean, it depends. Like, it's not something I've done in the past. Like, I really can't imagine, like, giving a fuck about my bonnet. I mean, like, I very much so. You know this as a person who lives with me. I walk around the house looking fucked up. <laughs> bonnet on. Holes in everything. Child, I don't give a shit. Like, nope. I feel like home is where you're supposed to be comfortable and have fun but then it goes back to like i mean you have a man in your house now so like obviously i don't know if i'm just gonna be as free with a fucking man in my house yeah so i i guess i get what you're saying about not being as free with a man in the house but i'm wearing my bonnet i don't yeah. give a fuck well I, a part I, of you me, know me i'm in my bonnet all the time a part of me thinks that my bonnet looks better than my hair being fucked up exactly. if i'm in the house because the bonnet's like, cuter it's either bonnet's gonna be on and at least my hair is contained or my hair is gonna be out and i'm gonna be looking like fucking jimmy neutron yeah. it's like pick your poison bitch yep <laughs> one of the comments on the video said believe me honey he will cheat with the woman who wears the bonnet in front of him child mm-hmm. it was shots fired all over the place you know what though to me this is kind of like an old uh it's an older mindset it kind of reminds me of the marvelous mrs Maisel, right yep. she was the one what was her husband's name joe uh yeah i think wait 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 you asked me too quick go ahead i think it's um, joe yeah i think on marvelous mrs Maisel, we saw her kind of get ready for bed after her husband went to sleep and she would wake up before him to remove like her rollers and like all of this other stuff i think it's an old age thought process um, for me, I don't really think I would consider His the man. Joel. Joel, thank you. For me, I don't really know if I would consider the man. Like, I kind of just want to be comfortable. But then if your husband doesn't make you feel comfortable, yeah. right? Like, if your husband or your partner does not make you feel comfortable to be natural and you are reliant on them for income or whatever and you don't feel like you can have an off day with them, I think that's what causes this behavior sometimes. Maybe, and that wouldn't surprise me mm-hmm. um, because some people were saying, well, she was married to somebody. Like, child they were coming for this girl but um i think that like me personally this is not something that i would want to have to do long term it's exhausting like mm-hmm. what about the days where you're just fucking tired and you just want to go to bed and wear your bonnet what if you just want to walk around the house in your bonnet yeah i can't imagine myself being in any sort of long-term relationship where i have to keep this type of shit up yeah, like i, I think just, it's it's not sustainable no it's well. not sustainable it reminds me of kaylani she has a song called morning glory mm-hmm. and you know it's like if you can't see me at my good night then you don't you then you can't have me at my morning glory at my morning glory mm-hmm. and it's like basically if you can't handle the ugly baby you're not getting the pretty yeah and i think it's true it's corny what do men what wh- i want to ask this lady what does he do for you yeah does he fart in his sleep and snore all loud <laughs> and he don't do shit for you take up all the bed and yeah. take all the covers yeah what does he do for you i think it just goes like another thing of like women going out of their way for men who don't give a fuck exactly and i'm not saying her boyfriend doesn't give a fuck but it's like i don't know like remove your bonnet okay brush your teeth is something different like sometimes people's breath really fucking stinks <laughs> like maybe yeah. you should do that courtesy of brushing your teeth but to me a bonnet is like harmless it's harmless it's a, a bonnet harmless. is harmless you yeah. know it's almost like a hat it is and we've seen bonnet culture taking over i mean baby bitches is wearing bonnets out in public yes. i don't know if i'm that comfortable yet girl I'm, i wish i was that comfortable yeah. like i can't wait until i'm so comfortable we you know you know this like when we got to chicago bonnet culture was even hot, heavier than ohio yeah um and i just started walking my trash we have a trash in our hallway <laughs> like a little shoot and i would start walking my trash i used to take my bonnet off put my hair together walk yeah. out put a coat on now i'm like no fuck that I no. walk to the trash from my apartment door, two doors down to the trash, and I put that shit in the chute with my bonnet on. You know what? And I, that's like steps of 
progress for me. For me, it's less about my bonnet. What is it about? For me, it's less about my bonnet. Like, I just want to be able to walk around barefoot. Like, I literally almost considered walking the trash barefooted. Yeah. Because I didn't feel like putting shoes on. So, like, to me, that's my bonnet. Like, a bonnet, I don't really give a fuck about. Like, I'll throw a hat on. And Mm -hmm. to me, it has the same effect as a bonnet. Throw a hat on, put my hair up in a bun, and I look like shit. And that's literally the same effect as a bonnet. Like, I just want to be able to walk around barefoot. I want to know what, as bonnet culture continues to take on, what is that going to look like in the professional world? Like, I, I wonder, know. because, like, when you go into corporate places, are you going to mm-hmm. start saying bonnets? Well, like, who was the person that came out and told people this year to stop wearing their bonnets? Somebody. It was, like, a prominent black woman yeah. who's in entertainment. Yeah. She's like, stop wearing your bonnets everywhere. Mm-hmm. Fuck, I'm forgetting. I know. I just think bonnets are controversial. Mm-hmm. And to me, like, it's just a hat. I mean, sure. To bonnet or not to bonnet? To bonnet or not to bonnet. I don't know. Like, for me... For the, even for this story, like, I didn't feel a, a strong reaction. Like, to me, I truly feel like to each its own. If to you feel like you have to do that for your husband or whatever, then that's on you. But, like, hopefully I don't have to feel that way. I would not get married if I felt that way. I yeah. think that's my strongest reaction. But, but that's it, because that's Im- that's important to remember, me. Remember, though, it goes back to, like, the whole thing, like, um, of women, like, having to be presentable. Like, yeah. I think it's just the thing, like, Southern West Sunshine on TikTok, Ashley West, talks about it all the time where, like, her grandma was like, you need to make sure you look like this one or whatever it is. Like it yeah. kind of goes back to that old adage or like what older generations of women have passed down of like making sure you're presentable. Mm-hmm. Maybe she, this is the way she feels like she needs to make sure she's presentable. I yeah. don't know. I'm not, but judging I think her. the thing is I'm not judging her either, but I think being presentable as you leave the house and being presentable girl and being presentable, you get tired is subjective it as is. well. You're going to get tired and you just want to go to, you're going to want to go to bed one night. You're going to oversleep that alarm and he's going to look up and have to go do something in the middle of the night. And he's going to see that bonnet. Yeah. Get your sleep queen. So yeah. if this makes you happy and it makes you feel good, then do it. But yeah. me personally, baby, I'm not doing it. I think I have to know my strengths, baby. And I can't wake up for shit in the morning. <laughs> so I'm damn sure not going to wake up before my husband does. Let's just get a really cute bonnet. Let's just get That's a, a good yes, solution. Get Let's a get a really cute bonnet. Maybe we should invent the bonnet that doesn't look like the bonnet. You know what I mean? You know the lady that had the bonnet that she invented that couldn't get taken off, and she was getting dragged down the street by her bonnet. That shit was funny. It's so funny. Bonnet culture, man. I know. Okay. Story five. Julianne Moore shares a disturbing food opinion. Like, I wouldn't admit that if I were her. Julianne Moore is currently on a press tour for her Netflix movie, um, is it called May December? Mm-hmm. Oh wow, that's cute. While her performance in that movie was great, one opinion she divulged on this press tour is not. It's about mashed potatoes. Julianne Moore hates mashed potatoes. She went seriously off on the starchy spuds in an interview for the Happy Sad Confused podcast. Why do people like mashed potatoes? She asks. It's mush. It's mush. Is it the consistency the host asks? It's all of it, she answered. I know people love them, but it's just mashed mush. The Oscar-winning actor screamed. So there, there you have it. Julianne Moore is a mashed potato hater. What a truly dork-sided opinion. Are you kidding me? They said dork-sided, and they cited Marguerite Perrin, the oh, icon, that's the legend. Hilarious. Um, this reporting is from Yahoo. 
Um, I don't know. Do you have a weird food or a, a oh, beloved yeah. food that you hate? So number one, I really like mashed potatoes. Yeah. So I'm kind of confused. But the one thing that I can relate to Julianne more is on texture. I'm like a texture girl. If the texture of the food is weird, I cannot fucking do it. I will literally start gagging. Yeah. So I think my most controversial food opinion, I feel like I have two. Um, I hate bananas. Yeah. Like a bitch, a bitch would give me a banana if they wanted to fucking kill me. <laughs> I hate the texture. I hate how mushy it is. I hate the smell. I hate that it's stringy. Like when Maddie eats bananas in the morning, like, or she'll eat them in the car. Like, I feel like I'm in a torture chamber. <laughs> like we need to get rid of the fucking trash. It's that bad. She fucking hates bananas. I y'all. hate bananas. And I'm the only one of my three sisters that hates bananas. You have your two sisters. Excuse me. Two sisters. I was counting three collectively. Again, I'm tired. I'm fucked up right now. Cause I'm tired y'all. Mm-hmm. Um, I fucking hate bananas. Like, I literally have a visceral response. What's your other one? You said you have two. I don't like corn tortillas. Oh, I don't. wow. Like, I do not Still like corn. Still not even now that you've had some good tacos I can with stomach them? corn tortillas. I don't have as much of a fucking repulsion to corn tortillas as what I do to bananas. Okay. But I'm a flour tortillas girl. And, like, bitches tell me I need to grow up about that shit. I think we, y'all need to grow up. Because why are you <laughs> pretending like corn tortillas are good? I'm going to tell you one thing. You know I was right there with you on the corn mm-hmm. uh, tortilla hate train. Girl, when I got to Chicago, especially by areas that I frequent, and there's a ton of tacos, girl, sometimes the authentic tacos with the corn tortillas, they're good as fuck, especially with some lime on top. Baby, that shit is good. I I was right there with you, though. Maybe it's the type of corn tortilla. Maybe. Or how they're prepared. I can stomach a corn tortilla, Mm -hmm. especially if it's on a good taco or something like that. And I'm just like, what's wrong with like not what's wrong with disliking corn tortillas? I don't know. What about you? What's your controversial oh, food opinion? Let's see if you can guess it. What do you think? What's the one thing I fucking oh, hate? Oh, you know what? Another controversial food opinion? What? I'm not that into peanut butter. Oh, yeah. You like, do when peanut I make butter. peanut butter and jelly sandwiches, too. it's the smell, too. But like, I love peanut butter. I know, but if I'm going to make a peanut butter and jelly sandwich, I'm going to use 75% jelly, 25% peanut butter. Yeah. You don't need that thick shit. It's see, just me? too fucking thick. Baby, I'm going to eat that peanut butter. Like, even on my peanut, I will eat just peanut butter sandwiches. I will put a spoonful of peanut butter on my oatmeal. Like, any there went there was a phase where any excuse I had to eat peanut butter, baby, I was eating peanut butter. Okay. I'm but trying to try guess, guess mine. Um, can you give me a hint to like a time period? No, because if I like give you a hint, you're going to guess. Um, can you give me a food group hint? No, I'm, I'm just going to say it. No, no, no. Wait, hold on. Hold on, hold on. <laughs> um, so I know my sister very well. Obviously, mm-hmm. we're twins. We share DNA. Um, why to buy can time. I not think of what the food is that you are so repulsed by? Is repulsed, it Repulsed. No, it's um, a food. It's and a I'm food. when I say repulsed, I'm fucking repulsed. Repulsed. I can repulsed. sniff it out a mile away. I can see it. I ask people before I eat the whole nine um, yards. Um, 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 I don't know. Imitation crab. Oh, fuck. You do hate imitation crab. I promise you guys, this is such a weird food to hate. I will never, ever be able to stomach imitation crab. If it's on sushi, I spit out the sushi. If it's in a fucking salad, I spit out the salad. If it's in a crab cake, bitch, I can't eat it. If it's in a crab rangoon, bitch, I can't eat it. I will ask people, is this real or is this imitation crab before I eat it? Yeah. I can't do it. It's so fucking nasty and vile (laughs) and disgusting. I hate it. Yeah, it is. Now we're going off like Julianne Moore about mashed potatoes. Literally. anything else no literally my 
my full disdain is hitting on this imitation crab. Yeah. There's like Instagram, there's like TikTok videos where people are like, oh, make a sushi salad or sushi bowl or whatever the fuck. And it's like, you know, rice and all the fixings mm-hmm. or whatever. I hate when people say that. Literally. And then they put imitation crab on my bitch hanging up flat screen. Hang I can't fucking do well, it. Well, you know, imitation crab was, was invented, obviously, because it's what, a more economical option yes, than I potentially do. real crab They should have kept that shit in the lab. <laughs> <laughs> sometimes saving a buck is not worth it no. i i don't feel as passionately as you do about as you do genius. i know more about american girls dolls than a you, you do, do genius. genius i don't feel as passionately about that as you mm. but i feel your pain like i recognize you but i just feel like mashed potatoes is an interesting thing to hate baby because at this point julian i want to make you my mashed potatoes and convert you yeah into a mashed potato lover because not all mashed potatoes are just mush baby no and even if they are mush baby you got to taste the flavor the flavor because there are some really cut mashed potatoes we're gonna keep our recipe under wraps maybe we'll show that to y'all a little later baby yeah that's true but i can tell you the you taste some good mashed potatoes i promise you yeah you'll be fine but that's funny though because we are really controversial like people get really controversial about food Mm -hmm. like there are things that like i I mean bitches would probably want to uh, handle me just for saying I don't like bananas. Yeah, their favorite. I'll be watching banana people, stands. I'll be watching people eat bananas in the morning. <laughs> I love and bananas. And I'm just disgusted. Yeah, she really she ruins every time I'm in enjoying a fucking banana, especially I in look the car. At the she side ruins of her the moment. Head. I glare at the side <laughs> of her fucking head. Like, how dare you open yes. the goddamn window? Yeah. But anyway, moving on to our Nightcap TV recap. We've summed up our stories today, bedtime stories. Moving on to the Nightcap TV recap. Last night we watched Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. And what I will say about this episode is it was jam-packed. The episode was literally about 45 minutes without commercials. And it literally felt like it was two hours long. But in a good way, we got so much drama. So as we saw, the episode started off with Sutton going on a date with a guy named Sal. And this was her first date coordinated by her matchmaker, Alessandra. So what did you think of the date? <sighs> can I go? You can go. Sutton is judgy wudgy. She is judgy wudgy McFucking Judgerson. Boring. Um, I know a couple episodes back with the whole Magic Mike Live thing, Erica Jane called her Judge Judy. Her Judge Judiness was on full effect during this date. Sutton is literally the toughest crowd I've ever met. And mm-hmm. for somebody who's so goddamn quirky and weird... As I would describe Sutton, and I'm not saying that to be a dig. Like, I feel like sometimes I'm weird, too. But she was put off by weirdness and quirkiness by Mr. Sal. And I'm just not getting why she's so precious. No, you know when people say the punishment didn't fit the crime? Yes. I feel like the response didn't fit the, 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 the... the, the way he was acting didn't fit the response we got mm-hmm. from Sutton and you also have to think why did the matchmakers put y'all on the date together mm-hmm. it's because you're both a little quirky you're both a little off center and you would probably have some great conversation if you would just loosen up a bit but what I've realized about Sutton is she needs to be I feel like she needs to feel whether she knows it or not this is just my take mm-hmm. she really needs to feel like she's with the hot guy or the yes. popular guy or 
you know, she she needs to feel like she's with the cool guy, which is why she got mad when Erica was, you know, on stage with Magic Mike and she yeah. wasn't. I she think needs to feel like that. That's something that I've identified as well, is that I think Sutton just wants to be the weird girl that bags the cool guy, like you said. Mm-hmm. And I think that could be why she's having a little bit of issues with success in dating. For me, I was drawing parallels to Married at First Sight mm-hmm. um, with Lindsay and Mark. Like when we were first watching Lindsay and Mark get paired, we saw Lindsay. She was quirky she was fun she was weird then we saw mark the shark and he was claiming to be so quirky so fun so weird so outgoing and then when he met Lindsay, he all of a sudden becomes a shell of who he was when he was auditioning for the show and his personality completely changes um it's like sutton i think a part of that though i will just push back on that comparison the only reason i push back i think mark the shark did a lot of what he did for attention on the show Mm -hmm. attention to get casted on the show and that wasn't actually his personality so then him you know dialing it back a lot maybe was because that wasn't who he actually was i think the only reason i brought up that comparison is like maybe sutton's having an issue with being having another big personality yeah maybe it's not like her wanting to just like the cool guy who's not weird maybe it's more stuff like well I want to be the only weird one. I want to be the one who keeps you on your toes. I don't want anybody to keep me on my toes. Yeah. But what was wrong with Sal talking about his mom? You know, and you have to realize too, like I think that there's certain things can be red flags, but at certain times, like with the age demographic that Sutton and Sal are, I don't think him talking about his mom is a red flag. Mm -hmm. Whereas sometimes people talking about their mom all the time is a genuine red flag. And depending on how the mom treats you and you know, there's a whole bunch of factors. But I, 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 it made me sad because I think if she would have just loosened up, yeah. she probably would have enjoyed her date with him. And plus, you have to think, what is that going to be for Sal watching the show back? I know. He probably wanted to say, okay, bitch, and you were fucking, you know, impossible to conversate with. And you sat there staring at me, so I had no choice but to fucking make conversation. Yeah, Sutton acted very precious the entire date. I think she wasn't fully in it, even when she started the date. You kind of made a good comment, though, with like, why was Sutton upset with him talking about his mom so much? I get it. Sometimes men have unhealthy relationships relationships with their mothers and it does impact your relationship but from what i've seen especially on this season i think sutton might struggle with some jealousy issues and maybe not feeling like she's his number one compared to his mom would have been an issue for her and that's why she cut it quick maybe but she was judgy as hell She's yeah. a tough crowd. She's a tough She's crowd. stiff as fuck. I'm she so wasn't laughing it. at his jokes. No. I'm like, Sutton, with as off color as you are, bitch, like, fucking laugh. I know. It's like, loosen up. It's there because was, they aren't about so, it. No, but it puts me in the mindset of, like, Michelle Young from mm-hmm. The Bachelor when everyone was telling, basically saying, like, don't choose the man that she chose on her season. I can't mm-hmm. think of his name. And she went full steam ahead choosing him. Yeah. Like, everyone knew Michelle needed to choose a different type of guy, but she mm-hmm. wanted to choose the hot guy. And I'm putting quotations around that it's like people have these unfulfilled fantasies of Mm -hmm. oh i just want to choose like the cool guy i want to get the cool guy okay maybe the cool guy's not so fucking cool can we make sure the cool guy's nice can he conversate can he hold you know is he nice does he hold the doors for people or is he a fucking asshole that wants all the attention and wants to make you feel like shit i know it's about how people make you feel i think that was a good comparison too because if you notice sutton even she said she got married at a very young age had children at a very young age and is now kind of stepping into her coming of age or self-discovery 
40 years later in life so I think like what Michelle was going through like she was kind of going through self-discovery and things it really like looks very similar to what Sutton was going through yeah and I think she's gonna look back and regret not taking Sal as seriously what's wrong with the fucking nice guy there's and what's wrong with the nice girl y'all you motherfuckers need to start asking yourself that too what is wrong with that but I do think you bring up a great point about the self-discovery because sure like in coming of age books and movies we see that happening during the teen and early 20s but self-discovery happens at a ton of points Mm -hmm. throughout your life I'm 25 and I feel like I'm in my self-discovery journey for the first time in my life I think I really have this space the the fucking freedom to kind of discover myself in more ways than you could even imagine what do I like what do I dislike how do I like to cook what do I want to fucking make my room look like like all of these things take you on this journey and I think that what it's important to remember and what I would tell Sutton is you don't need you need to reevaluate do you feel like you missed out on something and is that valid or do Mm -hmm. you feel like you need to validate yourself and say you know what I never had the cool guy people may have made me feel small about that but Mm -hmm. like who cares I want to be with somebody that's nice I want to be with somebody that I can be silly with yeah and you have to validate your own self on that journey Sutton cries about being lonely which is understandable and I just don't get why she would shit on Sal (laughs) and I'm not trying to be rude like okay that's something that a lot of people can relate to loneliness Mm -hmm. like that's something that I've been able to more so recently relate to as I've gotten older so it's just like I don't understand it's like you have this guy and it's like you kind of didn't want to work with him and you shut him down for something I feel like was endearing and cute yeah he was trying to be a conversationalist you were acting all precious I don't know so I'm Mm -hmm. sure we'll see much more dates as Sutton's kind of on this journey with her matchmaker excuse me matchmaker (laughs) oh my goodness but next we saw so Anne-Marie Dorit and Kyle were having a girls night at Kyle's house and enjoying a little bit of wine and charcuterie can we talk about that charcuterie board? It was fucking Bitch. stunning. Girl, I wanted to eat those grapes so bad, but go ahead. It was so stunning. I, that charcuterie board was fucking a, a masterpiece, an art piece. Like, mm-hmm. it actually made me want to like cheese. Y'all know I'm a <laughs> whore for some charcuterie. Literally. Baby. But we saw that the girls were continuing to joke about Sutton's esophagus thing. Hang it up. Like, why you know, is I this actually, the only thing Anne-Marie can fucking talk about? I think it's funny, and I think it's a genuine way to get involved in drama. This it was, is, but, like, why are you talking about her medical diagnosis. I know. I do think that they need to like hang it up and move on. There's plenty of other material Sutton is giving y'all to talk about. Yes. But I do think with Anne-Marie being a nurse and blah 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 it's kind of camp and it's a good way to kind of establish herself on the show. Yeah. Um, another I don't thing know that- if you saw though real quick Tiffany Moon actually came out against Anne-Marie's comment about Sutton's eating. For those of y'all who di- didn't know wasn't Tiffany, yeah Tiffany Moon was um, on Real Housewives of Dallas. Tiffany Moon is actually a doctor she called out Anne Marie for weaponizing her quote weaponizing her medical profession and saying that it was disturbing behavior and saying that she was wrong oh so Lord. it's Girl, touchy please. though because it's now I feel like it's going a little too far it like is, you're, it's going too far like quit talking about it find something else but Tiffany bye and it's insensitive because what if she literally had a, an eating disorder like yes. shut the fuck up about the esophagus I, I think my main issue with that was that they were making it seem like she had an eating disorder mm-hmm. and eating disorders are such a touchy subject anyways let's say she did have an eating disorder like you said Mm -hmm. let's not like beat that over the head I think that was kind of the issue I was having for but the think pieces and shit I I think Anne-Marie was trying to 
find an understanding with Sutton like mm-hmm. okay well, wait because I'm I'm I know how this to be this so genuinely trying to find an understanding I don't think she's weaponizing mm, you know what I her think Anne Marie like I'm gonna be honest with you I think Anne Marie was being a know-it-all like Maybe. there's nothing yeah. more annoying than somebody who thinks because they studied medicine now they can come sit down and talk to you about everything and act like they know every goddamn thing yeah. I do feel like Sutton was within her right to say like you're not my doctor and Sutton was well within her right to yeah. say that she like, was just absolutely. because you studied nurse you're a nurse anesthetist or whatever the fuck you are like does not mean now all of a sudden you're an esophagus doctor yeah I just think guys I, I genuinely think Sutton has a, a point to defend herself. Anne-Marie needs to back off. They all need to stop talking about it. But I genuinely think Anne-Marie was saying, wait, so did it because there was inconsistencies with other aspects of Sutton's behavior. Mm-hmm. And she's looking for a way to get her foot in. This I think shit. she's looking for a way to get her foot in. She's being Kyle's uh, chihuahua. But we also saw Anne-Marie, Dorit, and Kyle discussing Morgan Wade. I feel like this was kind of one of the second more formal conversations about Morgan a conversation that seemed to be raising Dorit's eyebrows as well as Anne-Marie's eyebrows when Kyle discussed tattooing a K on Morgan's body so I think we're also starting to see a growing friendship rift between Dorit and Kyle that is going to set us up for the rest of the season yeah I think it has been interesting I know in the car I think this was while they were discussing the tattoo thing or before I can't remember when she was like I've been your friend for seven years da, 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 mm-hmm. because they that did was, yeah they yeah, discussed yeah. it with Anne-Marie and I think they discussed it further in the car yeah they discussed okay. it further in the car when because, she was like I've, I think I've been replaced in the confessional yes and I think too is like I, did you think what Kyle was saying about Dorit was fair or did you think it was harsh I think Kyle is in a year of cutting people off dead yeah. ass what I've identified I think Kyle is going through a spiritual awakening that's just what I've self identified as thinking Kyle's going through I mean if Mauricio ain't even good enough to get dropped Dorit like nobody is safe at this point like I literally just think like she's in that phase of like if she doesn't I think she's not gonna beg a bitch like if she doesn't feel like she's aligned then and maybe now that she has Morgan somebody who I think it's Morgan but I think also in the last episode she discussed her best friend that took mm-hmm. her life and um she mentioned she never her best friend she never had to worry about her loyalty she always knew where she stood yeah that she never had a falling out so Mm -hmm. she really is reevaluating things it probably did it was the onset of a spiritual awakening Mm -hmm. and now she's kind of moving through those the fallout i guess you could say yeah but i do think that she needs to be a little more patient with dorit yeah and the reason i say that is because we have seen through the seasons that they have been great friends Mm -hmm. pk seemingly pk and mo have been great friends there's been a lot of stuff that's happened where dorit has had kyle's back and i also think if you don't share with dorit like hey that bothered me this Mm -hmm. is why i've kind of pulled back then you don't give dorit the opportunity to kind of change that or adjust accordingly well i agree and i think that applies more widely too i think a lot of when people go through things they start looking and cutting people off as opposed to like giving them the opportunity holding space for them just like how Kim Kardashian used to always say with Kanye I'm not on that journey with you so it's just about that they're not on that journey with you Kyle like you very much turned however old you turned and went through some things and like now you're changing your life but Dorit and PK excuse me Dorit and Mauricio are still kind of mourning the Kyle that they once knew and trying to get reacclimated with the new Kyle that you're presenting I do think Dorit had 
a point though like kyle has started to change her look to look very similar to morgan wade she started getting tattoos i don't know i don't know i don't know either but i'm not saying she's a copier but i do think sometimes when you like someone or there's like you're enamored or whatever it is it kind of reminds me of the travis barker and courtney kardashian thing too because people were accusing courtney of changing her look but Mm -hmm. then you look back at the court pictures of courtney when she was 16 17 18 and she was grunge this was very much her coming home to who she actually is yeah so i think we need to give the time for some dust to settle here but i'm excited to see how this relationship plays out yes that's fair i'm working on the crosstalk again but i think that's fair so then we saw go ahead another highlight of the episode was a girl's dinner with garcelle Sutton and erica this girl's dinner some of the girl's dinners that we've seen i feel like beverly hills is this the series of girls dinners yes some shit is always going down at a girls dinner or a house party yes um it was a really really funny dinner so it started off it was just garcelle and erica uh garcelle was like oh i have a surprise guest da, 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 and then sutton walked in yeah um so they were definitely setting up for the beef between erica and denise at this dinner bringing up kind of the issues that they had in the previous episode yeah and that was the first time we heard <laughs> erica mentioned denise richards only fans which a big deal about this is that her bundle is only going for seven dollars that's insane denise richards only fans bundle this is a celebrity only fans account and the bundle of naked photos is going for seven dollars I think she could have, I mean, Garcelle said she could have got 10. I think she could have at least got $15. I think she could have at least gotten 20 But there is a balance, too, of, like, making sure your OnlyFans is affordable enough to your clientele. Yeah. And, like, maybe her demographic, after, like, much research, it was only $7. I don't maybe. know. Maybe. I'm sure that she chose the price that was best for her. Yeah. And, yeah. I or mean, maybe she likes the number 7. It but could like, be that, too. Maybe it's just the fact that it's her lucky number, so she made it cost $7. Yeah. Or maybe it's a side looking, hustle, and she's like, oh, I don't put that much effort in. Just charge $7. Are you surprised that she's posting naked pictures on OnlyFans? I'm not. I'm not surprised by anything nowadays. It's a quick and easy bag, honey. I'm, I'm surprised because as we saw at this uh, dinner it was finally revealed what Denise was upset about at the dinner party from hell finally she was able to fucking say it the next day when she wasn't crossfaded so she said basically Erica said in regards to threesomes um, and talking about if her children or something had had one that they know what they are if they haven't if they haven't had one already Denise is selling naked pictures on OnlyFans for $7 naked pictures of her body and, and then is acting precious about a conversation regarding threesomes have you noticed it's a contradictory personality have you noticed this is the same bullshit Sutton does she acted precious when she was a full-time housewife yes back when Renna was here she acted so precious it's like girl she's trying to play mom of the year I think it has to do with her custody agreement I'm I'm sure it does but then don't do the show Mm -hmm. because my thing is like at the same time it's like girl be honest when Erica made that comment she didn't say your daughter had had a threesome she said I, they probably know what it is like yes. you need to be honest with yourself kids nowadays know a lot of shit they have access to a ton of shit on their phones mm-hmm. so please don't act precious that's mm-hmm. what she said point blank period and also they know who their mother and their father is yeah. Denise Richards is a sex symbol and a model and Charlie Sheen is also not straight laced so it's yeah. just like why are you acting Definitely precious not. now it's contradictory as fuck basically this set us up for the taco tuesday party hosted at crystal's house um so at that party that's kind of where the denise and erica drama came to a boiling point but first we met nia renee hill who's bill burr's husband how do you feel about nia 
do you think she'll be casted? I do think that this was an introduction for Nia, mm-hmm. especially because who did the I, I can't remember. She's she was at the Ma- Magic Mike. She's friends with Crystal. Mm-hmm. Da, da, da. Um, I don't think it would be bad. I think I want to I want to see more number one diversity on the, uh, the franchise. Yeah. But also just more stories. It seems like her husband's very interesting. He's a comedian. She probably leads a very leads a very interesting life. Mm-hmm. I didn't hate it. Um, but there were a lot of things about this taco party that I was like, eh, it was well, kind of annoying. Dorit was the drama as soon as she walked in that bitch. But can I just say, I love Dorit's hair. Yes. I love her new it hair color. Great. This it's honey. ashy. It's like honey to me. It looks a little ashy to, to me. To me, it's like a honey blonde, a light honey blonde brunette. And it's gorgeous. She was very much the drama, though. She got into it with Garcelle. Uh, she got into it with Sutton. And she ended up leaving early. So how did you feel first about the drama between Sutton and Dorit? Sutton is getting on my fucking nerves. Same. But it's also like there's a, it's a it's a two-sided coin for me with Sutton. She's bringing great drama. Mm-hmm. It seems very authentic. I feel like she's speaking what she actually feels. 1000%. And I feel like she's pushing back on Kyle and Dorit who have mm-hmm. kind of reigned supreme on that show for 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 yeah. seasons now. Yes. So I, I do see the benefit of it, but I also think it's like Sutton. People are not trying to embarrass you. I know I you're know. you're worried about this ballet shit that you do, but just because she's like, "Well, you made out with your driver." Like I'm calling out the inconsistencies with your personality and the way you act. Yes. Does not mean someone is looking to fucking embarrass you. Also, that butterfly dress that she had on was cut. stunning i loved the butterfly dress you know i love a good butterfly moment yeah but i was confused as well because you had all this energy for dorit about saying oh well she made out with her driver fucking garcelle said it at dinner before the night before you weren't upset with garcelle erica screamed it in the room with everybody saying oh sutton made out with her driver and you were like oh shut up and she's like oh did i say it that loud it was it was a fun conversation so now that dorit says it and maybe it's a more quiet setting all of a sudden she's trying to embarrass you I You're a single woman. You're a single woman. This whole entire storyline for you this year is you finding a man. And now you're upset. After Dorit was saying you don't get a second date, now that she's talking about how you were making out with your driver. It makes no fucking sense. I know. The inconsistencies. This girl's giving me whiplash, honey, because I can't keep up. They just don't like Dorit, which leads us to our next point, the drama between Garcelle and Dorit. I have mixed opinions about it. Yes. So during the the, the exchange, Garcelle kind of jumped in with Sutton to to go at Dorit. Yeah. And there, there was some back and forth between her. Dorit says, it just feels like you're attacking me. Mm-hmm. The word attack triggered Garcelle because she feels like as a black woman, you shouldn't be saying that she attacked you if she didn't actually attack you. During that exchange, Garcelle said that she just can't with Dorit's privilege. Mm-hmm. And she's not here to educate Dorit. Yeah. To me, she it was a bridge too far. Yeah. I totally understand. You didn't like the word attack you didn't like that Dorit said that you attacked her get it got it historical context you're entitled to those feelings where I think she took it too far is you always have to consider the intent Mm -hmm. you always do now have I spent any time in a room with uh with Dorit no I haven't can I speak to this privilege that Garcelle is speaking about no I can't I haven't spent any time with her but I do think it's important to consider the intent and as a a real housewives of Beverly Hills stand there was always a animosity because I feel like, and this was what to me came across as a viewer. Garcelle always felt like she had to keep up with Dorit. Mm-hmm. There was always the, Oh, Dorit's wearing this. Well, I got to wear this and talk about my fashion or, mm-hmm. Oh, like, I feel like she felt like she 
had to really keep up. I think she's jealous of Dorit. I don't know. If and jealousy. I don't want to conflate feelings. And mind you, these are feelings that I've had about Garcelle long before this conversation happened. In no way, shape, or form do I want to be insensitive to Garcelle being triggered by Dorit saying attacked. What I will say is I think maybe Garcelle kind of caught the word that Dorit wanted to use to describe the entire situation. Dorit was very much on the hot seat. Mm. It was obvious in the posturing, the positioning on the couch. She was quite literally sitting alone with everyone in the room looking at her. And this kind of brings up my next point of I don't think Kyle is a good friend. No, I was trying to figure out why the fuck she was sitting in the quiet looking in the corner looking looking stuck. stuck, not stepping up for her friend. Like and then God forbid somebody ask you why you're wearing a new ring or why there's divorce rumors in the press. And all of a sudden you're looking around to the whole room for people to stick up for you and once again Dorit stuck up for you yes and Dorit stuck up for you and everybody sticks up for you Kyle but now that you're having an issue with Dorit you're in my opinion showing some bad friendship traits because you're running off into the sunset with your lesbian lover Morgan Wade which I love that for you but like just don't forget the people who have supported you like for for years and years and years I don't know I do think Garcelle took it a little too far I think she she I think she's trying to paint Dorit out as a Karen and this has been something that she's been trying to do for seasons now mm-hmm. and Garcelle's also getting on my nerves because stop trying to make Denise Richards happen baby stop god get, damn it get a good lace front before you try to get Denise Richards Why back the on the fuck show are you so hell bent Denise Richards does not like you the conversations are weird everybody has said it god damn it if you don't leave that girl at home with her motherfucking only fans yeah why the fuck are you doing this I think she wouldn't do it for you I think this is all goes back again to these weird vendettas that Garcelle has She's trying to spite Lisa Renna. Yeah. She's trying to spite Lisa Renna. You could tell there was drama when Denise Richards was cast on the season with Lisa Renna because they have very similar personalities. Lisa basically felt like Denise was her replacement in a sense. And people have claimed that Lisa did her damnedest to get Denise removed from the show. So now that Lisa's gone this season, Garcelle is trying to avenge Denise Richards just to spite um, Lisa Renna. I don't, it's just weird. It's it like, is very weird. Garcelle, can you take your head out of Denise Richards' ass, I know. Please? I really need it. And like I said, Garcelle's been doing some good things this season. We've gotten to see her really open up because before I was like, Chad, she's going to have to do something. Yeah. And so on the one token, it's kind of like how I feel about Sutton. Yeah. While there are some good things, I'm also looking I think when we when we make comments they have to be impactful and we have to stand on them yeah if you're gonna say someone is privileged and you're sick of the privilege because mm-hmm. they use the word attack on a national platform baby you need to come with the well, receipts I think the problem you need that to I'm come having, with the goddamn receipts I think she conflated two issues she did conflate I think she's issues. always kind of viewed Dorit as being privileged and living a life of privilege and yes. being pretentious and now she's conflating the fact that she used the word attack I agree if attack for you it was a strong word for yeah. what she said I think Dorit was feeling attacked in general general mm-hmm. i'm not here to be a dorit apologist i'm a black woman people have said words to me like angry whatever whatever like i get that it's triggering um but garcelle is just I don't, know, I don't know about garcelle right now no um we did see some more drama that blew up in the rest of the night at the taco party with denise versus erica denise don't know how to fight Denise don't know how to fight. It's funny, though, because have you noticed this season she's the queen of putting shit back on other people? Denise. And when she told Dorit to take it down a notch, after Dorit told her to take it down a notch, baby, the other night, bitch, I was gagged. Girl, Dorit, to, uh, not Dorit, Denise, <laughs> to me, there is something different. I'm like, is she, she a always, Housewives fan? I don't get that impression. She like she's off her face. Yeah, yeah. She, she she always seems like she's in another dimension. Yes. And uh, I think a lot of it is, is like she doesn't want 
watch the show. You know what I will say, though? Denise Richards is adding so much to this cast. I think we would be good with the cast we have right now. People are saying get rid of Crystal. I'm not convinced. I think the dynamic on this cast is so good. I would give Denise Richards a diamond, potentially, and I think it would be a good cast. We'll see. I don't know. I'm not against them getting rid of of Crystal. She needs to bring it. Do you feel like it was a low blow with Erica bringing up Sammy's OnlyFans? Um, Yes and no. Because how many times have we seen Denise keep fucking with this girl for the past Mm. two episodes? What do you expect? It's true. But also, is there a problem with having OnlyFans? Why did that feel so offensive? Yeah, your daughter has an OnlyFans and so do you. How much are y'all making? Y'all are probably clearing and cashing checks. Oh, for sure. And let's also not act like Erica is a prude. I mean, we just saw her on stage at Magic Mike literally spreading her legs wide open for him. Like some random man. I I don't think. I don't think think it was a low blow. I think think it's like you're calling her to the carpet. Girl, please don't act precious like Sutton when you and your daughter both have OnlyFans. Literally. Like fucking wake up out of this fucking Truman Show. Because she's trying to act like she's like the mother of the year or something. It's like wake up out of this like Truman Show fucking fucking scenario that you guys are putting on and realize that like own your truth it's like when mistress isabel brooks said like you can be a bitch but then own being a bitch mm-hmm. on rupaul's drag race like own it yeah i feel like lisa own it clearly sammy knew about i mean sammy literally has got an only fans and declared herself as a, a porn star and guess very what? early on i think right when she turned 18 this is the best promotion for an only fans i've goddamn seen this yeah. is free promo i know but girl just, you better be running around on instagram promoting the fuck out of your only fans off this shit it just makes no sense to me the the whole denise thing i think she might have a more contradictory personality than fucking Sutton. she might it's like you're a sex symbol all you do is talk about having sex with your husband in his office and now all of a sudden you're mad because erica jane made a general comment about teenagers knowing what threesomes are exactly it makes no sense it's a clusterfuck it's a clusterfuck but it was a really really good episode probably one of the best episodes of the season so as always real housewives of beverly hills will have us seated Seated. but that is all for the nightcap tv recap all right night owls that's all she wrote for the pm diaries today we can't wait to see you back with another episode later this week thank you so much for listening thank you so much for listening bye bye